It's the end of the year, the last episode of 2019, and the last episode of the decade, unless Mark and I randomly decided to do one on that other week, but we're probably not going to. Anyway, it's episode 103 of Hotline League, and boy, am I excited to be here for this special, wait, special, this very special, especially special episode of Hotline League. We're going to be drinking on this episode. You can join us if it's legal where you're at, uh, but, you know, drink in moderation and make good decisions. Uh, and it's going to be a look back on previous months of this year and previous years of this decade. Mark Zerman's excited to be here. Hello. Mark, do you have, uh, do you have any other enthusiasm you could bring to this uh, episode? I got a mic stand from Travis and I finally set it up and it doesn't work with my desk and i don't think it's a very good mic stand to begin with and so those two things in combination have rendered it functionally well not functionally useless but just really i should not be using this mic stand right now marcy from alienware's in the chat she wants to know what we're drinking i'm drinking a blue moon the belgian white left over from the white elephant gathering i had this weekend i'm drinking um veranda blend k-cup black coffee wait you're drinking coffee yeah you're not gonna drink like a beer or wine or something do you ever listen to me i said all i have is wine and i don't want to drink wine i feel like you don't listen to me i tell you my desk is funny and you buy me this it's gonna be a great episode everyone uh it's gonna be the greatest episode ever as you could already tell it's all coming together Big shout out to Alienware, by the way. Not only are they, I would the... drink rum. I just don't have a mixer. Not only are they in the chat. Wait, add the rum to the coffee. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I just did. I can't wait. Let's get let's get messed up, dude. Let's reminisce. Big shout out to Alienware, by the way. I think we're interrupting the sponsor shout out with. Anyway, big shout out to Alienware. Not only are they in the Twitch chat, but they also sponsor the episode. We'll talk more about them as the show continues and maybe we'll reminisce about Alienware. It'll be great. Mark. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I love reminiscing. How I'm was, a very how was your... <laughs> sentimental person. Well, okay. We'll also say, by the way, we don't officially have a guest for this episode, but we're going to have uh, different people from the industry joining us for periodic times throughout the show, assuming they show up. They're always here normally. So we'll see if they pop up. Regardless, this is going to be open calls for the guest slot and open calls from all of you as we talk about 2019 and the decade itself. Mark, how was your week? Anything interesting happened besides the uh, tragedy with the mic stand? Uh, we did a white elephant at your place. Mm-hmm. That was wild. What did you get again? Oh, yeah. I got some candles and uh, something else. What else was in there? I forget. But it was mostly oh, the, the candles. The picture that. frames. Framed yeah, the pictures, framed oh, pixel oh, art, which you've decided you don't like. Well, I just don't. I care more about framing pictures of me and my girlfriend in them than the arbitrary pixel art. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh, whoa. People don't know this about Mark, but he's actually a romantic. It's very cute. I am a romantic. <laughs> Wait, so we did the white elephant. That was fun. Did you do anything else this week? Or was that literally the only thing that happened for you in the past? That was days? that was. Pretty much it. Uh, we went. Oh well, we went shopping, and that was a nightmare. Um, Where'd you go? Yeah, that's to the Century City Mall. Oh yeah, that place is insane. 
Well, also, one, that parking lot is just normally shit. It's probably the worst parking lot I've ever been in. Parking structure, I should say. Combined with holiday shopping in a area like Century City, it's just, it's so fucking, like, there's intersections, like, everywhere. Like, you get legitimate T intersections, like, every, like, 10 feet in that parking structure, as opposed to, like, every other parking structure where it's, like, you just go straight and hope you find something, and you don't have any decisions to make. And then there's people just waving people around in circles, and they have no idea where to send people because there's legitimately no parking. It's actually full, and they just let people in, and you drive in circles hoping you can find it. Okay? It's the worst piece of shit ever. Well, as you can tell, we're all in the holiday spirit here on Hotline League, and it's gonna, we're going to be sharing the Hotline, uh, sorry, the holiday spirit throughout the show uh, with all of you and you with all of us. And if you'd like to, maybe you don't get on the show, you don't, you can't call in to share your sort of take. If you want a gift, something excellent, uh, before we get into the first call, I want to shout out um, the ability to gift subs. You can gift subs to this channel and they make an excellent holiday gift. If you are thinking about, you know, you're in the giving mood, the holiday mood, feel free to gift to the to the Twitch channel. You can surprise somebody in the chat. It's fantastic. Look, Mac to Ace right now, gifting five subs. Hit streak, gifting 10 subs. Damn, this worked out really well. 15 subs were just gifted in the chat. You can totally, damn, that works so well. I need, I love Christmas. Anyway, uh, let's, let's get it. Mark, as, as you're pulling people, cause maybe we, we should put more guidelines. I think what we're looking for, you know, if you have like a 2019 take on something that you were really excited about this year, something that you felt a little disappointed by, we're looking back at 2019. And then if you have something crazy, you want to talk about this decade of League of Legends, this decade of esports, feel free to also put that in either the pleb topics or the subtopics channel. Look, even more people gifting in the chat right now. It's the gifting, gifting time. Regardless, uh, I think that's what we're going to go for. And uh, if you are a friend of the show, feel free to hit up Mark or myself and we will get you on. Mark, what about 2019 or the, the decade have you been excited about? Um, it's been a really long time. I would have been 18 when the decade started, so it feels kind of weird to just kind of classify it. My first alcoholic drink was cool, I guess. That was a I was a thing thinking more about League of Legends or esports. Also, oh, thank you yeah. for so long. You said episodes. the last decade, so I was just going back. Yeah, I graduated, yeah, I guess, you know, like your career didn't exist yet. In no. I don't know if you wanted uh, to think, you know, excitedly about what this time has been like for you. Can you show me how it's done? Yeah. So 10 years ago was 2009 for any of you guys that have not uh, been keeping track. I was in college and uh, StarCraft II. I II, thought you said relevant to our careers. StarCraft II was, I believe, about to come out. When did it come out? I think I want to say like 2010. It's the wrong game. And... That was really what got me into esports, and then and I started. I, I was also around this time playing League of Legends, so I think I was in the StarCraft Two beta. I was also playing League of Legends. Started really getting into esports with StarCraft Two, and had no idea that then, like a decade later, I would be hosting a show. I had no aspirations to ever be on camera or do podcasts or anything like this whatsoever, and now here I am 
trying to fill time while Mark thinks of anything valuable or interesting that happened to him in relation to League of Legends or esports in the past. You didn't 10 say anything either. You years. just said you didn't think. You'd I'm talking be on about camera. it right now. I've literally. It's been a fantastic be decade. So many things have happened. I was programming. I was a programmer. I was. I was in college. No one thought they'd be. How many people in Twitch chat even thought thought that they're they're they are where they thought they'd be in 2009? Has anyone sat down in 2010 or 2009 and now they're exactly where they thought they'd be? That seems more impressive if you were able to plan that far. We'll say one thing: I thought I'd be married by now. I was. I traded a relationship for esports fame, and you know what? It was. Best it wasn't worth life. it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to throw out there, Mark? Anything before we start taking uh, other people's calls? No, I mean, I, there's, it's been a great. Let's limit to a year. The whole decade thing is just like it's like who can remember what happened yesterday? Let alone more than six years ago. I don't. People might have crazy stories about how League of Legends esports has changed their life over the decade. Maybe, maybe somebody else got married because of League of Legends esports. Yeah, those are better stories than anything I got. All right. Well, whatever. Let's just get into it. Uh, Mark, do you want to uh, explain how the show works? Yeah, one second. Tweet. By the way, thank, thank, thank you for uh, all the people who are gifting right now. Uh, we saw uh, something that just hit a, a year, Sadistic Narrow. Thank you. If you've never seen the show before, it's a live call-in show. The way this works is you're going to go ahead and join up in the Discord. Uh, once you get there, go ahead and post your take in the top. Uh, the text channels, either pub topics or subtopics. We're going for things that happened this year that were as interesting, not interesting. Maybe we'll open up to the decade, things you got right, things you're disappointed about, um, anything along those lines. And then we'll pull you in from the pleb calls voice channels where you need to be hanging out so I can actually move you to the waiting room. When it's your turn, we'll do a quick audio check and then you'll be on. And by the way, uh, if you are a sub, maybe you just got gifted a sub because we've literally had... I don't know, 20, 30 subs gifted uh, on the show already. Uh, but feel free to drop your topic into the subtopics channel. It moves a little slower. It's a little easier to get in uh, there as well and, and have your topic taken. And uh, yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun time. Mark is pulling people right now. But uh, oh, and by the way, I should say we're less interested in like 2020 predictions. I feel like that's going to be the next show. You know, 2019, yeah. we're looking back at this year or the past 10 years mark i guess biased against the 10-year takes i'm looking and then the next episode i'm going to be looking and we're going to be looking for 2020 predictions so as you are spending time with the family during holidays or maybe on your own playing video games both are great situations uh also just be predicting and thinking about what you want to talk about in the next episode of hotline league that should be your main goal during the break how are we looking on colors mark uh, good. Let me start pulling some people in. Okay. Mark is off grabbing his first one. Thank you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up some subs right now while Mark is in the other chat. Because uh, a lot of people are being very generous on this episode, which I really appreciate because we're not going to probably do another one of these, so i got to make some money. Hitstreak is here. Hitstreak, uh, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm in lovely Santa Clara, California. Santa Clara, California. Uh, hits, yep. Hitstreak... Uh, do you want to give your esports what what have the past 10 years been like for you from an esports career perspective so that people have your resume oh god uh yeah so um 2013 started at riot uh to 
basically drive social media for the LCS. Um, uh, 2016 transitioned to Twitch to head up the esports uh, social channels there uh, for uh, Twitch esports. Did that for a little bit less than two years, then moved down to Overwatch League, uh, worked on uh, the inaugural season for Overwatch League, and then uh, decided to get out of the social media game and uh, worked on the community program for uh, Overwatch, where I started working with influencers. And then uh, just earlier this year, after the layoffs, um, uh, moved to NVIDIA, where I'm now heading up uh, influencer relations or the influencer program for NVIDIA. So this is a guy who's done some shit. And by the way, we all we all universally talk about his time at Riot as being the golden age of the LOL Esports social media channel. All right, It's something that we all talk about. It was the best time ever for the LOL Esports social media channel. Anyway, that was whenever my interviews got retweeted. Let's just put it that way. Jesse, <laughs> history, do you, what, are you, uh, what are you looking back at 2019 or the past decade? What, is, what has this been like for you? Dude, um... You know, it's been it's been really cool to be kind of on the ground level, and I see chat saying that I'm quiet. I don't know if that's on my side. No, or I've, I've side, turned. I was uh, lowering you a bit because at first it was a little. Oh, okay. Bit. Yeah, you you sound plenty good to me. I don't know what Travis is doing. <laughs> okay. Um. So uh. So yeah, it's been really cool. Like I came in at um at the beginning of season three for League of Legends, and so um being a part of kind of. Uh, I, I would say like the first golden age of, of League of Legends esports. I feel like they're going through a resurgence right now for the last, uh, I'd say, year and a half or so. It's been really, really cool to see kind of a resurgence with esports and the interest in the game. Um, but uh, but yeah, kind of seeing the transition from the League of Legends glow up to then seeing, um, you know, kind of Dota uh, come in with the international and seeing all the money being put into that, uh, grabbing a lot of headlines. Um at Twitch, I kind of saw the the glow up of Rocket League esports, um, and then to be there at the start of uh, Overwatch League, I've kind of seen kind of um, things go from okay, control being primarily with the publishers to now the publishers wanting, you know, all this big money from outside to kind of carry things through to the kind of the next stage, um, you know, with the um, uh, with the franchising of the teams. Um, it, it's been really interesting to kind of see things transition. Um, and be kind of around all of it, um, but yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. What, um, what's interesting too is that you now have kind of exited esports, and now you're doing more influencer stuff, which obviously is yep. related. And I'm sure you work with esports ask or competitive influencers. But it's interesting that after all your esports time, you're like, all right, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should start hedging my bets. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it, it's. Uh, you know, we were, we were actually talking about this the other day because you're seeing a lot of Overwatch League pros um, kind of take a step back from the league and, and kind of go the streamer route or, um, you know, retiring after, you know, basically which is just uh, two full seasons of the league. And I don't remember any, like, a, a you know, I wouldn't say Exodus, but I wouldn't, I, I don't remember in League of Legends, you know, some of the most notable names in League of Legends esports dip out after just the first couple of seasons, I feel like um, that there was a couple of people that that dipped out, but th there wasn't like the big names. Everybody was kind of um, in it for the first few years. Um, so that you know, from from an influencer perspective, it's been interesting for me to kind of see um, you know kind of the transitions that you know the big names kind of uh, exiting the league 
um, and and deciding, okay, you know what, this is actually better for my health, or this is better, you know, a better use of my time, or uh, I see, you know, better prospects as an influencer or a content creator than I do, you know, being a part of this. Do you, are there any moments in the, your esports time that really stand out or have left like a pretty meaningful impact on you? <laughs> yeah, the, the, the events, the live events, uh, specifically Staples, uh, the first time we did Staples Center season three, um, that was, that was amazing. Um, you know, being on the ground floor and seeing that all kind of come together. Um, and you don't like fans for better, for worse, don't really get to see how the sausage is made. Um, and it's probably better. Um, but the, the way that that all came together and the madness that was going on during that event, uh, was really cool. Um, and then Korea was ridiculous. Um, I was in Korea for, for two weeks straight in Seoul, um, which wasn't even the longest time. Like this there were back people in that 2014. Spent the better... Yeah, this is 2014. Yep. Um, and there were people that spent the better part of three months there, um, you know, from before group stages, getting everything set up all the way through grand finals. Um, people spent a really long time in Korea and people don't really, I don't think fans really understand like what goes into all of these events, but um but it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, so th those were probably the two biggest things that um, that that I kind of come away with is just uh, the magnitude of of the live events and and how special that is, um, and and what that means to a team. Uh, you know, the, the 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 events team, the the live events team that that kind of goes into those broadcasts and and making those things happen. Yeah, I mean, Mark, uh, I it's I know you you are not a very retrospective person, Mark, but looking back at the the decade it's kind of crazy to see just how commonplace these major arena events have become for you know league of legends events like you you got to perform live on stage in vancouver i believe right yeah yeah i guess that was pretty cool uh jamming on stage and singing horribly was not something i thought <laughs> i would do at any point uh it's weird for me because i was not like an esports kid really until league of legends and even then you know it was like season two and by that time i think the finals was played in the galen center or something yeah, season two was galen season three was staples yeah so i guess it was starting to ramp up but like the that was still during the time of like they were a lot of the events were in iems or stuff like that um but i, I didn't i wasn't there for like freaks basement stuff or even like from other games like their come up so like when i joined league it was already like the biggest thing esports had basically ever been outside of Korea, so it it definitely felt like I skipped over a lot of the the growing pains and even the league growing pains. I wasn't really in the scene until the start of season four, which is a a year after LCS started. So I'm definitely a, not the latest, but missed the uh, the rough rougher period. So like the growth doesn't feel as insane to me because it was like. That's how it's always been. Well, what's crazy? Part. What's crazy for me, like Izento brought this up. Um, he mentioned packs in the Twitch chat, and what's crazy for me is uh, thinking back. You know, 2015 was the first time where LCS Finals was held in a major location. Uh, you know, before yep. then, the the Summer Finals took place at PAX, yep. and that was yeah. when they had the event at Madison Square Garden. And now it just feels so insane for like people complained when it was at that Miami location last year, 
Um, and that was like only 3,000 people, but compared to where, and like last year was 2018. So in the course of like three years, it just became commonplace that spring and summer finals should just be in major arenas. It's kind of a, an insane situation if you think about just like the, the scale that everything broadened out to in just a couple of different years. It's, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Did you see the, uh, the thing on the subreddit? I think it was yesterday or maybe today about um, some of the stuff this year, like viewership numbers and they were like I, LCS in 2019. Yeah, thing. I know Riot released a document. Is that what you're talking about? Where it just talked about yeah, how the it's Riot like the thing. third biggest sport now among 18 to 34 year olds in the US? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about. Yeah, Riot put that out. And, it, and again, you know, at the beginning of this decade, Riot, like at this time, Legal Leg uh, 10 years ago, League of Legends had just come out. And during that time, you know, 10 years feels like a long time, and it certainly is, but it's become number three among 18 to 34-year-olds, which, in my opinion, are the most important people. So I, it's just, it's fascinating. Fascinating, yeah. for sure. How crazy things move. Either way, Hitstreak, any, uh, any final thoughts as we move on to the next caller? No, I just... Um, I I, I appreciate you, Travis. It's been really cool to see you grow. Thank you. Uh, since we met. Um, yeah, Travis, uh, when I first met him, was just asking for handouts. You know, hey, can I get a retweet? Hey, how do I get over, I think it was 100K followers at the time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but ser seriously, uh, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the people that I've met along the way um, have kind of fallen this follow the same track that you've uh taken upon yourself to do which is go independent and you know take things take your life and your, your destiny into your own hands and and um and i'm really happy for you dude so congratulations Thank on you. the show uh congratulations on all the all the uh the success and uh and keep at it well i just uh, want to say hit streak uh who works at <laughs> nvidia hashtag frames win games and i'm really uh -huh. excited about the products uh -huh. That you guys are yep. putting out next year at nvidia and would love to anytime you need anyone to sample them or discuss them in some content please feel free to hit me up uh would love to have you hand me out one of those wonderful products uh -huh. 2080 <laughs> ti's let's, are fantastic. Uh, let's 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 talk after the new year yeah. all right thank you thank you you've got a you've got a great hardware sponsor alienware treats you good uh, alienware is great and by the way they're also an, an nvidia partner in fact with nvidia we are giving away a uh G-Sync monitor, Alienware G-Sync monitor. You can go enter that right now. Retweet on my Twitter account. Anyway, thanks, Hitstreak. <laughs> All right, take it easy. Have a good night, guys. Have a good one. See ya. Hello, Hello, Twitch chat. I'm curious. Uh, Mark went off to grab some more people in the chat uh, to come on the show. Excited to see that. If you are, by the way, uh, if anybody wants to pop on the show as a, an, a friend of the show, would love to have you join. Mr. Frosty Dab, thank you for the five gifted subs. Hype Love Shack, Deck Jamkin, Sins Kaping, Dan K Danny Koji, Mama's Cupcakes, Neon Puddles, Gorgith, Macta Ace, and then Epions, who gifted 10 subs. Insane. Insane. Thank you. Ron Blade is here. Ron Blade, where are you calling from? Calling from Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. We have an Australian on the show. Is, it, is it 2020 there yet? Uh, not quite, not quite. Okay, because I know the time, it is a little in the future. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? 
So I've got a disappointment and a hype moment of uh, 2019. Good, I appreciate so taking it balanced, keeping it balanced. Yeah, absolutely. So my biggest disappointment of 2019 was NA fan reaction to the world's performance because I just think the only thing, the biggest thing NA suffers from is unreasonable expectations. Uh, and then uh, my biggest hype moment was TL beating IG at MSI. But let's talk disappointment first, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just think that like, I just, NA fans like should just be stoked that for so many years, like Cloud9 have just been overperforming at a tournament that is absolutely stacked. Like it's just, you get all the best teams in the world together and then getting to quarters means being top eight in the world or at least being top 10, it depends on the groups or whatever. Like if you just go through the regions, like in the LCK this year, like a gutter tier team was KT Rolster and that team had Smeb and Prey on it. So like to be... In the LCK, playing professionally, you need to be a better ADC than Prey. You need to be a better top laner than Smeb. And you just think about, and like every mid laner that has ever played in the LCK for like the last six years has been able to like scrim against Faker, like for experience. And so I just think the the level of benefit that they get is like insane, not to mention solo queue, all the other stuff. And then you've got, so that's like it, getting three teams from LCK out and out of groups doesn't seem a surprise to me at all. Then you've got LPL, which literally every year there is some incredible player that everyone's like, oh man, the fans have been waiting for this guy to get to Worlds forever. He's so insane. And now he's finally here. That was like last year was Rookie's first year at Worlds. He wins. This year was Dombey's first year at Worlds. He wins. Like this league has just got talent like so much further down than the top three. And so again, it doesn't seem crazy to me that the top three LPL teams go get out. And so then you're like fighting for two spots between EU and A and like the rest of the world. And I just think that like this year, and I didn't get one of those two spots, but like that's totally reasonable considering the situation. And so, I mean, I get that it sucks, but I think instead it should be more like, holy shit, like Cloud9 have managed to get out like pretty much every year. And we got to semis last year. Like that's actually pretty incredible. So your take, your take is that a disappointment this year is not NA getting out, or sorry, not NA struggling to get out, but actually just the fans' reactions to that. You feel like NA fans are, they need to reset they our expectations possibly for the next decade. Well, I, I don't know. It's just kind of like, the, I actually thought the teams didn't do, I mean, Cloud9 was a bit iffy this year, but then again, like the group, you have Griffin and you have G2 in that group. I think like if you watched Clutch's games, like it was actually they were in the most stacked group and they didn't play like you know there were times in those games where they did all right and so i felt like you know they put up a respectable performance even though they went zero six but that and then tl did okay as well but again like pretty insane teams in the group so i just think that like if our success when i say our because like i'm an na fan as well like i think if our measure for success is like getting out of groups getting to semis even getting to finals like we're just setting ourselves up for sadness every year you know and it should be more like holy shit like we actually made top eight this year that's incredible yeah I, yeah i'm go ahead mark oh oh, oh I, i'm pretty on board with that take i think um it doesn't have to be defeatist necessarily which i think a lot of people swing too far in the other direction when you start talking like this is they're like oh well then what's the fucking point man and you're like well i mean you can be a fan of a team and acknowledge that we are the underdogs of the three major other major regions um you know i was if you just look at the stats of how things break out over the years it's like there's those there's korea and then there's like china and eu and depending on which metric you care more about one outperforms the other and then there's NA, and then there's LMS, and then there's all the minor regions. And so, like, 
being like, yeah, we're like Korea and, and Europe. Like you will be disappointed to the caller's take. Like you, we are not as good as them. We have never performed as well as them. We can, and maybe you get your hopes up eventually, but I don't think that's the time right now. And so like when you do have these victories, you should be happy. That doesn't mean you can't be upset when your team fails. You can still be like, ah, God damn it. I thought, I, th- I thought, you know, Team Liquid was better because they're, they're the best North American team ever, right? So the fact that they didn't is disappointing. When quote-unquote worse teams like C9 over the past three years, once again, in quotes, worse, uh, didn't make it. So I can buy this take. I, I, I like it. I think it's, it's hard because Riot and the esports ecosystem has positioned the four yes. major regions as NA, Europe, Korea, China. And so there's this concept for North American fans of like, yeah, we're on, we're up there with all those folks. It's no surprise to me, by the way, that the caller coming in with this take is from Oceania. He's like, sometimes you guys are open. You got to consider yourself the underdog, you know, like you can't always come in with the expectation that you're like the big region. I think it's quite fun that that you're calling in with this take. Maybe that's it. Maybe the real problem is that I live in Australia and then because of your content, I started following NA and now I'm just like stuck in an endless cycle of defeat. So I'm just like trying to find other ways to find joy, you know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide how I feel about what you just said. Because at one point in time you said because of my content, you started following NA. I felt like that was great. But then you immediately uh, implied that it was you know, possibly causing depression for you. So <laughs> I'm a little, I'm a little I mean, bit feelings of that. It definitely goes both ways. But I, I just honestly, though, I mean, like, I feel bad for, like, teams like TL, teams like C9. You think about, you know, you think about the people that these guys scrim every week, and then you think about the people that the LCK teams are scrimming, who the LPL teams are scrimming, and it's just, like, totally, you know, totally insanely different the level between those things yeah. like i don't want to shit on individual players but you look at you know bottom tier I na mean, teams like it's not gonna happen it doesn't even need to be um you know something where you're, you're trying to pick out the excuses either or like the reasons because there's a million different ones and which one's the most important is different in everyone's mind but at the end of the day i, th- I think everyone kind of acknowledges north america isn't as good you know some people delight in that some people are bummed about it but we're not you know and like Step one is no wait. Step one is an acceptance, but it's one of the steps. <laughs> I, think I guess this acceptance is the final step. It's step five. Is it the final one? Yeah, because you go through all the emotions and then you accept. Well, it. I thought it was like anger. It's like denial, sadness. Yeah, denial. Them is bargaining. Anger, bar- yeah, there's bargainings in there. There's two more. All right. Well, I guess I guess I I thought we were further down than when you were. Or I guess acceptance was faster. Yeah, yeah. But I, no, so it's maybe, the final step. Maybe it takes another year then before we're there. This is, like, this is kind of the the perfect like leverage point into my hype moment of the year, though. But this is why when TL beat IG at MSI, it was so insane. I mean, yeah. I, I think people forget now because of Summer Split, but like IG destroyed MSI group stage. Like it was, you know, they just looked absolutely unstoppable, and no one came into semis thinking that TL had a shot. Like even all the you know, I mean, we like Kobe would say he never doubted them, but like, let's be real, like, no one was actually betting on them to win. And then for them to come out, win game one, win game two, forget about game three, and then bring it home. Like, it was pretty, it was absolutely wild. I was like on a flight. And so I was just like, 
in the airport like watching on my phone and then they won the first game and i'm like no no no, this is fine this is just like ig screwing up and then they won the second game and then it was like my hour and a half flight and so then i was like holy crap what if i miss this anyway and so then i like get off the flight and it's like they've lost game three and they're winning in game four and then i was just like glued to my phone yeah, all the way to where I was going, but it was like just unbelievable. That's actually a super yeah. good hype moment for the year, actually, because I, I that might have been the, the hypest moment for an NA fans this entire year, right, Mark? I mean, I can't think of anything that was that was better, possibly the best moment for us all year long. Yeah, uh, for sure. I would say it's probably the biggest upset ever in league. Yeah, for sure, like uh, maybe Alliance was pretty. No, that's just a wild card beating a major region. That happens like every year once almost. It's it's like the stakes were so huge. About, yeah, stakes is so important. I think when you talk about upsets, like IG was set to be the new dynasty. They were set to like, you know, take SKT's crown and, you know, be this new super team that was just going to smash through every tournament. And then instead like TL comes in and it wasn't even like, like it wasn't, I mean, it was close at times or whatever, but TL just played really solidly as well. Like it didn't, feel like a total explosion on either side it was just like solid play and they pulled it together yeah and i think it was also just cool i don't know why but travis myself and a couple other people were watching on discord and usually we never i don't think i've ever watched games online with people before but for some reason before that even before that series started you know we were all in that call i don't know it just felt like huh for some reason the one time that it actually possibly happened, the reason they won because we we were all at a TL party for my bir- night, for my or- birthday. <laughs> well, yeah. not the party wasn't for my birthday, but on my birthday, we all go to this party, and then they just completely get crushed by G two. So that's actually the, the that was the best of five of all time. That might have been the yeah, that might have been the most depressing. Our our highlight that's of the year. That's the problem with it. It was yeah, we didn't get much time to rev- like yeah. you know party in it. Our highest moment and lowest moment might have been within uh, you know seventy two hours of yeah. of each other, very short space. You just got to focus on that interview um, with Double Lift after the game, where he got to talk about like finally winning and just like the joy. Just you know, just watch that and pretend that that was the world's final. Yeah, game. that's a good point. That's a good point. Thank you. I watched a lot of interviews with Double Lift and just focus on those. Anyway, thank you, Ron Blade. Is there anything you want to say as we move on to our next caller? I just, thanks for putting out the content, you know, I always uh, listen to Hotline League when I'm doing boring tasks at work that I really don't want to be doing and, you know, you help me through. So, uh, uh, yeah, thanks team. And that's really what the show is. It's to be slightly less boring than the most boring task that you have to do. That's the, that was a content strategy. That's the biggest thing going for us is that the real world is so fucking boring that we just need to be a little better. Yeah, I mean, last time I was here, I like told you that you were the reason I care about NA. So you know, I feel like uh, I've got to be a bit more chill this time. Well, I apologize. Uh, caring about NA is a terrible curse to put upon anyone, and I. We're sorry. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, though. Have oh, a good... thanks, Tim. Have a good one. Have a good ho- holiday and a happy new year. You too. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I watch. I watch Hotline League for the white noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's. The best part of that is that's my financial advisor in the chat saying that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout, shout out to Jeff uh, Chen, by the way. Feel free to all message him on Twitch right now if you need any financial advice. doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be st- stocks or anything. Um, actually, here, I'll Mark, I'll tell this funny story really quickly because I'm probably not going to do it anymore. But I had this great bit for the Gaffies, um, which is coming up in January. Everybody stay tuned for that. 
where I was going to announce that I had officially become an LEC team owner because Astralis is listed on the Danish exchange they IPO'd. And so you can actually go buy Astralis. And so I asked my financial advisor, who again is in the chat, to please buy me some of this. And he investigated it today. And apparently it's like incredibly hard to buy it because they're only on like Danish NASDAQ or something. And so I had all these bid ideas where I was going to like threaten to fire uh, Deficio and I was going to demand access to the LEC team owners meetings. And it, it was going to be very good. And I'm now very sad that I, <laughs> it's apparently incredibly complicated for me as, as to, to buy Astralis. So I will Damn. unfortunately not be doing that. Because that was going to be such like a gold mine over the course of the year of owning Astralis' stock. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, yeah, apparently it's... So originally I thought it was $7. I looked it up and it said that like a share That's is, what you told me. Yeah. is $7. But apparently um, it's 7 Danish kroner, I believe. So uh, anyway, he looked it up and it's apparently only a dollar in, in US. And it was going to cost... If I bought it, if we could have bought it, it was going to cost me like a $7 transaction fee to buy this $1, which obviously I would have been fine with for the joke, but it's just a funny situation. Do I want to make chicken? Or do I want a bit of Astralis stock? Yeah, well, regardless, it would have been great. And I, it would have been such a great appeal to the LAC audience. Like, hey, guys, I know we had our problems in 2019, but I've officially joined as a, as a part team owner for 2020 in the LEC. You know, I'm, I'm going to be covering LCS, but really I'm just trying to find data to help the LEC. Yeah, it, unlucky. Yeah, but again, Hefty Chen in the Twitch chat, anyone who needs any financial advice whatsoever, please message him, whisper him on Twitch. Look him up on his other social medias. Ask him anything. Even if you're trying to decide which car you should buy or if you should buy a house, he's going to help you out. Anyway, on to the next caller. Mark is, is already off and grabbing them. Shout out to To The LaPointe in Twitch chat, by the way. Nicole from Evil Geniuses. She thinks that I don't notice her subbing to the channel. Uh, she's currently living evil after apologizing to everybody for getting rid of the terrible Evil Geniuses logo, which looks like a hockey puck. I actually thought it was terrible and I really liked their new logo, but then I I don't know who complained, but a bunch of people complained and now they have to go back to the old logo, which is awful. Gagachu is here. Gagachu, where are you calling from? Oh, and then he or she immediately mutes. Wait, you're back. Gagachu. Wait. I hear you with your microphone. Gagachu, where are you calling from? Uh, sorry. Um, I am calling from Sacramento, California. Sacramento, California. Nice. I was just there for the gaffies at the beginning of this year. Thankfully, Sushi Dragon moved down here, so I don't need to go back. But uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Unfortunately, invite me. Um, I have been playing League of Legends, actually, uh, since beta, um, 2009. And I am really surprised that the game has just continued to survive all of you. I've played <laughs> it in college. I've played it. I still continue to play it now. Um, the first event that I ever went to, I was actually looking it up while I was waiting, was an IPL face-off in San Francisco, and that was in uh, August of 2012. That was the first time I met you. Um, it was the first time I saw Aphromoo and Chaos. Um, I was uh, continuing to even go to those IEMs, uh, even to the most recent one, which is IEM 11 in Oakland, and that was uh, in uh, 2016. Uh, that was uh, that was awful. Um, but it's just incredible to me that a game like Legends has survived, um, opposed to like Pawn, um, like One, Two, which is still around, um, but so many other games that um, classify as MOBAs and everything. Um, and 
uh, with Riot taking so many steps to continue to develop additional games. Uh, I think the future definitely looks bright for a company like Riot in terms of um, their future moving forward as a developer compared to um, game developers that are already established. You say, you say you're very surprised, which sounds almost like an insult. You're like, I was playing back in the beta. I'm just surprised this game's still around a decade later. Hey. I think it's fair to say when you compare it to the games that I've mentioned that didn't survive, um, games that have you, come and you, gone. You thought Heroes of New Earth was better. Um, I don't no, I don't think so. But there are just so many other MOBAs. Like, what made League stand out? What made it survive? Well, I um, think that's that's what's interesting to me because, like, I look at World of Warcraft, and no better MMO really came along to you know, quote unquote, dethrone it. And so now people are still just playing that. And I feel like we're getting to that era of gaming where the best one that was de- like. People always talk about, oh, graphics can get shinier and this and that, but like fundamental design doesn't really change for some genres. And if it stays popular enough, it just stays as that game's genre, like, you know, Kingpin, which is kind of what happened with World of Warcraft. Um, what is this, Travis? You mentioned, he mentioned IPL Face Off as his first event. And so I went back and found this. I love this interview <laughs> because obviously I look. Not great. Not that I've gotten much better, but uh, this is my favorite version of Nick Allen, where he looked like a a college professor, and uh, and this is an to be honest, he doesn't look that different now. We, uh, yeah, well, he looks much older. Uh, the wrinkles, especially if you see him in person, are uh, they're very pronounced. Anyway, uh, but this is an interview from back then, and I just thought it was great to go back but sorry we were talking about the resilience of league of legends over a 10-year period right well i was just saying like in terms of games it feels like some just are gonna stay there and be what people play like melee's kind of taken that on um there's some franchise-esque games where they make new ones that are slightly tweaked but they're largely like madden's call of duties um uh some of the fighting games like street fighter and stuff you know it's all the same franchise and they've kind of just dominated that genre it feels like that's what happened with mobas and dota 2 and, and league and there's like no point like you know there's that, that little period where people are trying to capture the same magic and oh we'll be the next lol we'll be the next wow and then it doesn't work out and they all die out and then the one thing is still there and i feel like that's what's happened with league like, i don't I know very embarrassing not embarrassing but a very strange story to tell yeah, is me, it at all related to what I said? Let me well about the resilience of League of Legends. I always think about the story. Hang on, this is like a double if story to tell. I'm going to hide the Alienware logo really quickly. Um, there was a, okay in college, so 2009 flashback. I remember somebody linked me a very explicit Rule 34 picture from World of Warcraft. I was playing a lot of League of Legends at the time in the beta, and I was thinking to myself. Wow. I wonder if League, because it was such an indie game, people do not understand that this was like a random ass indie game. I remember thinking to myself, like, I'm playing so much League of Legends. I wonder if there ever there's ever going to be like a Rule 34 image of League of Legends. Now there's an entire fucking subreddit just dedicated to Rule 34 sub to League of Legends. It's a very funny situation that, uh, you know, it's just the scale of what this game has become over the course of 10 years is uh is pretty insane and i feel like you can really track that in the pornographic imagery that's created around it you really underestimate the internet having porn of 
of something is it's really not I mean, nobody that look, uh, there was it was unclear if anyone was going to play league of legends in 2009 well sure but i just mean there's there's porn for things as soon as they start you know can you give me an example no back to the caller <laughs> You got you. I'm just saying. <laughs> you got you. That's... So you, for you, and you're, it sounds like, do you still play the game regularly? Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what is it? I'm just looking at Twitch chat. What is a multiple Twitch staff members in the chat? What, uh, you know, do you think you'll continue to play it for many years to come? I think so. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy to think about how much time I've, I've invested into a game that literally free to play. I mean, I could have spent zero dollars on this. I have just invested so many hours over the last years. Um, there have certainly been years where I've played a little bit less than others, but for the most part, it's been very steady. I could say with a pretty good level of confidence that I've played close to two to three hours a day over the last 11 years. Really? Jesus. Yes. That's crazy. As an average, how, as a as a how soon are you going uh, pro? <laughs> uh, not soon. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, either way, hey, yeah, no, I think it's I think that is a really interesting story. I was watching uh, Tim Rogers, who does amazing videos for Kotaku, and I know everybody in the chat is going to be like Kotaku, but he does amazing uh, content over there, and he did a video that released today about his deck, his video games of the decade. And I was kind of bummed, uh, though unsurprised, that League of Legends wasn't on there because technically it did release at the very, very tail end of 2009. But, I mean, this game has... It's hard to think of too many other games that are up there in terms of the impact that they've had over the course of this decade. And especially just esports, which now I feel like so many people actually know what esports is, whereas, you know, five years ago they had no idea. And you've got all these major investors and stuff. Just the fact that League has driven so much of this uh, this innovation and pushing e- you know esports over the course of the past ten years in the in the West, it's been Let's, pretty phenomenal. How how many games did he list for his t- decade important? What was it? What, what was the article? It was like most it, important. It was of an the article, and it was like the or... it was like the ten. He listed ten games of the decade. Um, and the ones he had on there are pretty good. I mean, he he. He did a pretty good job. I think one of the, the problems with uh, all of us industry folks is sometimes we forget about some of the, like the, like one of his games was literally Flappy Bird, which it wasn't like 10 best games, but it was just like the 10 games that had like a, a big impact or you could make some compelling case for it. All I right, bet well, you, that's, that's, you, you that's Mark, I'm many. sure can guess what number one was. I don't want to give any spoilers, but um, pretty big. Was it Dark Souls? I don't. I don't want to give any spoilers, but people can go watch the video. I recommend it. But I'll met. What is it called? I'll message you. Right I'll message you privately and say what number one was. Anyway, what's what's the what's the name of the guy? Tim Rogers. Everyone, go watch Tim Rogers' videos. His Twitter handle is one hundred eight on Twitter. He's hilarious. He uh, he does these massively long videos about. I think Mark, I might have linked you. He he was the one that did the. Oh, Death he was the Death Stranding guy. You yeah, showed yeah, yeah. Me. yeah, yeah. Um, um, but anyway, he did let's... one on the decade. Let's combine our own lists of ten most important games. We're supposed to, right now. You want me to come up with ten games of this decade? No, no, we're combining. So you do five, and I do five. Okay. Uh, League of Legends. League of Legends. We'll alternate. Wait, did you pick League of Legends already? I just picked League of Legends. This is not. This is not a power ranking. It's just as they come into mind. Uh, Starcraft two. We we haven't defined what this list 1 is supposed over to be. Starcraft two. 
It's supposed to be the most important games of the decade. Okay, so they're including ones that I don't I don't play. Yeah. Okay, so StarCraft not, 2. Not your personal list. No, StarCraft 2 shouldn't be on this list. I'm vetoing your choice. Okay, Dark Souls. Ah, fuck. <laughs> uh, what are some important games that came out? CSGO? No, CSGO's been out for a long time. CSGO, just because they reskinned it doesn't make it a different game. Same reason I wouldn't count WoW, even though it is still probably the most important MMO of the decade. Okay, I've, I've got one. You, you, whatever you're ready, Mark. I'm ready. Ah, shit. Are we alternating? Yeah, you wanted. This is on... what you wanted. Oh, We're God. completely derailing the show with this incredibly extensive... Well, that's because I'm trying to stall, because uh, we're out. No one's really putting anything important. Well, we, we can say, Twitch chat, now's your chance to come on the show. Go put topics and pleb topics and subtopics. Mark. Okay. Give me your next one. Uh, oh, Skyrim. Okay, Minecraft. Oh, shit, that's a good one. Yeah. That was... Was that in 2010? It was uh, released in 2011. Oh, is that late? Wow. Maybe I played before it really came out because I remember playing okay, that. What's shit your next one? I've got another one. I'm not even looking Whoa. at your list, by the way. I'm not looking. At your I list. swear you are. No, no, I'm, I'm, not. I'm looking at. I looked your up. Eyes I googled Minecraft to make sure that I'm looking at a Minecraft page right now. I googled that to make sure it's up in 2011, but I got another one. Oh, Fortnite. You said Fortnite. Okay. Even though, Pokemon even Go. Even though it's late, I would still count it. What'd you say? Pokemon Go. Oh, that's a good one. Mm. What are we? What are we at now? I think we're at six. We've each done three. Okay, yeah. So two, two more. Your turn. Now it's gonna get difficult uh, for me. Yeah. Call, uh, Caller, do you have a suggestion? No. Mario Galaxy. Also no. <laughs> I think it revolutionized what like uh, video game music looks like in games. How? I'm I'm interested to hear this take because I, I admittedly have only played a little bit of that game. It was um. It was really well known for being one of the first to introduce like actual full orchestral scoring games. And since then, I mean, it won a lot of awards for its score, not just the video games. I thought, it, I thought there that. were a lot of games before that they had orchestral scores. Maybe I'm crazy. But since yeah. then, like, a lot of games have tried to emulate that in terms of full orchestral scores. Yeah. <laughs> Mark? Sorry, that was maybe a lot sold. No, I, I I like that it's a different take other than just like big game. You know, it did something interesting in the genre, like in this in the series, sure. the, the space. Um, I would say like Breath of the Wild, but I don't think it's actually like that important in the sense that like anyone's going to copy it. Yeah. You know, I'm ready. I've like got another was, one. So please, dope. please say something. Um, I'm going to keep thinking. Should I say mine and then catch up on yeah, it? Yeah, go okay. for it. Walking, I don't Dead. Walking like... Dead. I did not play that game, but I feel like the, the that that kicked off this entire genre of like all those Telltale games are very different, and I think uh, did, was a big deal. Did anyone make that many other games? I thought those were all just Telltale games. Like Telltale was just its own thing. Yeah, but I think they did something unique, and I feel like the future of games like there will be more of those in the future. I just I think people aren't doing them that much right now. Yeah. Does Battlefront 2 get an award for infamy? No. <laughs> There's a lot if you want to go down that path. Uh, shit, dude. I'm drawing a lot of blanks. Yeah, I, don't you started play, this. I don't play enough games. I know. Okay, maybe, I we, maybe we declare bankruptcy then because I don't want the show to stall out on this topic. Let's just Google some more. No, no, no. We don't need to Google. Can we please pull decade. some more callers and get back on the... the... This you can do that. I'll, I'll think of some more. Going back to my topic, though, it's I mean, Thank it's God. kind of interesting to think of um, 
like how the progression of fame, like outside fame to League of Legends has occurred over the years. Like um I was mentioning IEM season eleven, uh two thousand sixteen. That was when Mark Cuban was there for the event. And that was like a really big thing. Yeah. I don't know if that's I mean Elon probably. was at like one of the final like the Vancouver finals, I wanna say. Or maybe he was at one of them recently, uh, within the past couple of years. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been, it's it's definitely become this huge event. I feel like now we've got much more prominent people um, in social media and sports, obviously Rick Fox like that that talk about League of Legends and esports a lot. But I think when Mark first came on. Uh, Mark Cuban came on for the IEM. That was like a really big deal. Yeah. Hey, G got you. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Uh, no. Thank you so much for all your content. Um, every time I look up your Twitter, I still, by default, look up a uh, SOTL Travis. Um, That's a reminiscence. I I miss T Nomad. That was my dude. My uh. My email address is still Travis at StayLeague.com. Now I'm going to get a bunch of emails, but uh, I still use that. And somebody made fun of me the other day for it. I don't want to give it up. I also have <laughs> TravisGaffer.com, but I, I just want to stick on the Stay League throwback. League has been uh, something really important to me, like in terms of keeping up with my friends over the years. And uh, that first event that I went to that we met you, uh, I was looking forward to meeting Afro and Chaos, but he just like beelined towards finding because he was really interested in your content and was super excited to take a picture with you. Well, thank you. That's really nice to hear. I really appreciate that. Thanks for shout out to Brian, who was super excited to do that day. Shout, shout out to Brian. Does he still follow League? Uh, yeah, I'll uh, I'll definitely send him the vod when we put this up. Nice. Well, thank you so much for calling in, man. Thank you. Okay, have a good one. All right. Um, did you did you think of any others? Somebody in the Twitch chat. I was reading Twitch chat, and somebody mentioned uh, Undertale, which I think is also a really good one. Yeah, I would put that in there. I put Journey as well. Someone mentioned. Yeah. I think Journey was was really different. Is that, is that nine? Do we just need one more? Yeah, I think you only need one more. What was the biggest Wii game? I don't know. But that the was Wii, a the Wii, flop of a console. The Wii was starting to pretty much die by 2010, I think. So. Oh, was it? Actually, I guess it did because I remember playing the Wii in, in high school. I yeah, guess. I got, yeah, I got... I got... My for Christmas in like two thousand seven, I want no two thousand six. Christmas two thousand six. So, huh? All right, let's let's grab another caller. All right, and Nick Allen, Nick Allen, if you're listening right now, please call in. We want to. It'd be great to have you on this episode. Just say something, shout something out, talk about how you've become disillusioned in esports or something over the past decade. I don't, I don't care. Who cares? All right. Uh, shout out to, I love you chat Moses for the win seven ten Mac. Uh, oh sorry, yeah Mac Dace who gifted earlier Nanuko one eleven, Grant Walk Cacti High Cacti, uh, Snarf zero five one, Nihilus Gamer Helpside and Caroline for the hundred bits. Mozzarella Moose is here. Mozzarella Moose, where are you calling from? Uh, Lakewood, California. Lakewood. You know when I went to school in Long Beach. Oh, you went to uh CSU Cal State Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. I'm Fullerton. Yeah, well, okay. Well, sorry, we have to say goodbye to you now. Have a good one. Now, <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about? Uh, how the best show of a Hotline League this decade was the live episode right after Riff Rivals. Oh, the one where it just evolved into 
EU coaches coming in and the, shitting on NA. Yeah, with Peter <laughs> on the show and him just asking yeah. him questions to try to figure out how to solve his team's international problems. Clearly it didn't work, but... Uh, no, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Moose, if you want to expand on that. Uh, I mean, it was a show that I remember that had the most guests on it. It had free alcohol. Uh, overall, it was just like, it was a live show, so I was there, so I might be a little biased towards it. But the only thing that I thought was really missing from the show was Marcy's cat. Yeah. Well, if you can, Mark, in, in the future when we do a live one in LA, can you put a collar on that thing? Mark? Uh, he's a giant scaredy cat. He's, he's bugging me right now. So, uh, this guy right here, this little man, he's a big scaredy cat. He doesn't like people. Travis came over and, and he was not about that. Yeah. Careful. Don't shake the cat too much because that's a Twitch thing. <laughs> no, anyway. he likes it. Um, we, we, no, I, th I thought that was super fun. Um, and, and that kind of highlights one of the things I, I want to do a tweet storm about this and I, I, uh, probably will at a certain, <laughs> can you hear, certain point. Can you hear him doing that? No, what? Oh, bumping the mic. Yeah. <laughs> is this like ASMR, like cat rubbing on? This is what the show has devolved to now. Now the cat is literally just. <laughs> God. I don't know what it sounds like. Yeah, well, for the podcast listeners, they're going to be really confused. It's not that much. It just sounds like you're bumping the mic. But Oh, it's my cat throwing his face against it. Yeah. Anyway, anyway uh, no, I mean, I, I'm glad you enjoyed that. We've done a couple of those uh, this year. We did one in St. Louis, and I mean, the first one officially, I guess, was last year in Miami, but we wouldn't have been able to do um, those if it wasn't for Alienware, and I, I want to do a tweet storm. I'm actually going to do one uh, probably sometime this week, just thanking them for all the it's cool shit they storm. did with us over the past uh, week. It's where you chain multiple tweets in a thread. Yeah. Why is it called a storm as opposed to a thread? Well, it's is like, like you're, time... you're dumping a bunch of tweets out. That's yeah. That's what a thread is. It's supposed to be like, anyway, mozzarella is, is you enjoy anything else. You, you, do you go to LCS often or was that one of your first events? Uh, I went to LCS like two or three times. Uh, the main reason why I actually went to LCS that day was just to actually go to the Travis Gafford show. Oh, wow. Thank you. It's called Featuring Hotline Mercy. League, but I also really appreciate the branding you're giving it. Uh, shout out to Alienware. <laughs> but no, I mean, that was super fun. I mean, I think Mark and I never anticipated doing live shows until we had that random idea ahead of Miami last year. And Mark insisted that we do it despite the considerable cost that i had for that show since it was i will say i disagree with the caller i though that one was really good the msi one but i think miami still takes the cake for me yeah but that might be also just because it was so much more ridiculous kind of well, where like the venue was weird the setup was jank but it all kind of came together yeah well people don't know and i, I don't mean to um to diss a former partner but we our hardware partner back then before alienware we we went to them so they sponsored the show like hotline league but they didn't we went to them for the live like we were like hey can you throw some more money down for this live show and they i don't know they just couldn't do it right a lot of different reasons why companies can't do something like that but whatever they they didn't do it so we had to foot the bill for that entire episode out of pocket um and and it also we had no idea what we were doing so like Alien for Alienware, for instance, for all the shows that we did this year, they had like an event company come in and actually build out the the whole space and find the space and do all the, the heavy lifting for us. And then we just had to worry about all the production. And 
So that Miami episode was just a shit show. Technically, that was 2018, although I guess we're talking about the decade, but yeah, that, yeah, that, one, was, decade. that one was very stressful. The I don't know. There was a ton of crazy stuff that happened um, ahead of that. So it's, just, it's been really cool that we've been able to do these live events for the past couple of years, and especially that we were able to do multiple this year. I thought that was quite fun. Yeah, I would say my top three Hotline Leagues live ones would be first that Miami, then the All-Star one from last year. All-Star and one then, was really good. Yeah, then the MSI. Uh, what You don't do St. Louis? St. Louis I thought was really fun. What did we do in St. Louis? That was the one where like I Captain Flyer showed up at the very end. And it was the first one where like the bar like everyone was getting free alcohol. So just Oh yeah, wait, the St. Louis one was pretty dope. Yeah. yeah. It was in that place that had like the it was like horseshoes or something in the middle. Yes. Yeah, we were yeah, we were in the like a bocce ball pit. Yeah. yeah. That one was cool just because it was rowdy but respectful. Yeah. Oh, maybe I like that one more than the MSI one too. Uh Marcy is in the chat right now. Uh AW said she's the she works for Alienware and is actually the person that runs all their events. So all the the hotline leagues that happened uh, this year are because her and her team put that all together. It's really cool of her to uh, to do that. I'm glad she's on the show when we're getting a call a call in about it. Thank you, Mac Dace, for another five subs. That's very nice of you. Uh, well, either way, thank you, Monster Lomus. It's cool to me that your one of your standout moments for the year was that show. Uh, especially because we didn't know how well like that show actually also had a ton of concerns where we weren't sure we were trying to ferry like people over from all-stars we didn't know who was going to show up a lot of the players didn't show up and then we had all the european coaches show up and just shit on an a uh, so it was kind of fun i would if that's how they go that's how they go man I'll, I'll drop some some booze and stuff for them to show up and make fun of us oh the st louis one was the one where we got the reggie and steve bet yeah, yeah, that that one was pretty wild. And then like Riot kind of tried to get them to shut up about because it, <laughs> were, it was questionable, uh, you know, how that if that would work or not. Underneath LCS rule set. Either way, Mozzarella Moose, anything you want to say before we move on to the next call? Uh, just a shout out to my friend Whitney who actually uh, went with me to the show and gave me his drink ticket, so I got multiple drinks. Oh, you were one of those. And, well, okay, I asked the lady, and she said you can have as many drink tickets as you want. So we got a couple. Nice. I mean, if it was on a, uh, if it was on you guys, why not? Yes, it was on Alienware, so you can thank them. Either way, yeah. thank you so much for the call. Okay, bye. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, is the best exit ever. Speak. Maybe we should do our break since we were just talking about Alienware, and it'll just make the whole show feel like a giant Alienware ad. Cool. All right, great. Well, let's talk about that. So Alienware, uh, actually, since this is the last episode, I want to talk of the year. I want to talk about. I'll just sort of reiterate what I was going to say on Twitter today. Um, I apologize if you see this, but I was actually just reflecting today on how much Alienware allowed us to do. So I was thinking about it because I have an interview with Mark Merrill that's coming out later this week. And we have a two camera setup that we did for that. And I remember when I first went independent, the only camera that I had is one that's sitting over there on that shelf right now. I see it, um, which was like a $500 Sony camera that I bought from Damien over at Team Liquid uh, like a year before. And we now have, like, I have a shelf over there now just full of equipment. We've got multiple cameras now um, that are, you know, multiple thousands of dollars, uh, tons of thousands of dollars in glass or lenses. Uh, we this year bought a five $5,000 worth of audio uh, equipment for our interviews, like the lavalier microphones, which are usually very expensive. Um, this giant light mat sitting down here, you guys can't see it very well. Anyway, the whole point is... Uh, 
not only did we manage to get a ton of equipment and actually really level ourselves up to the point where now I feel like we're on par with a lot of like the other digital media sites, uh, but also we had a lot of people don't know this. Actually, I don't think I've ever said this publicly, but Alienware literally gave us a a essentially what is is a giant Alienware slash Dell gift card every quarter to just buy whatever we needed off of their website. Um, so that's how Mark ended up with a laptop. And I think, do you have a, a monitor now, Mark? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a monitor. Monitor. It's, uh... Uh, all my stuff got refreshed. Uh, I mean, I have, what is super extra is this giant 55-inch uh, OLED gaming monitor on the desk behind me. Our editors all got stuff. We were able to hook up uh, Ovaly and Fastfeed with stuff. They've just done tremendous uh, things for us this year. We did a, We went to China, did a documentary. We did multiple live events. We've done so much stuff because of Alienware. And so at the end of the year here, I just want to thank them so much for their support of the show um, and all the content that I've done. And just li literally the fact that, you know, now I think it's just become kind of commonplace, the the production we're able to bring, you know, like the types of stuff. It doesn't sound that crazy for us to do a live show or for Brody and I to go to, to China and create documentaries, or for like our standard long form interviews, like the one we did with Rick Fox at All Stars, to have a, a level of polish behind them, multiple cameras, uh, you know, real microphones. So I just want to th say thank you to Alienware. And by the way, uh, we talked as we're as we're talking through at the end of the year here, um, and it turns out that a lot of you have done a great job of checking out, you know, I, I know everywhere to go. So alienware.com slash Travis, there's links in the description. I meme about it on Twitter, but a lot of you guys have gone there. You've supported, I've gotten so many DMS over the course of this year, just talking about like, Hey, how can I buy an Alienware computer? I want to help you out. Uh, just a lot of different stuff. And I just want to thank all of you for supporting them. This partnership has been really incredible. They've allowed us to do stuff that I never even imagined I'd be able to do. Uh, going independent. So thank you so much to Alienware for their support of the show. And thank you all of them for supporting them. Oh yeah. Hefty Chen, who's my, who's my financial advisor, literally in the chat says, I use Alienware for my work laptop uh, and bought that as part of the, the partnership. He, um, he wanted to support what I do. I guess knows that it probably all goes back to him anyway. Uh, and Marcy in the chat right now saying, love you too. Uh, you're a great friend. Looking forward to many years. Thank you so much. Alienware sponsor of the decade. Alien. The great, like Marcy works on the events team. Like she's not, it's not like she has to worry about, you know, how's Travis's shout outs going or how's our logo on the show. Uh, and she hangs out and just watches the show cause she's invested and wants to, to see, you know, what the kind of content we create. So either way, thank you so much. Alienware. Great partner. You want to grab the next caller? Sure. All right. <laughs> uh, you guys are, so funny. Anyway, uh, let me shout out. So yeah, uh, Mac to Ace gifted another five subs, which is crazy. 20 pounds of hummus. Thank you for the 15 months in a row. I'm Elvis for 21 months gang finger for the two. Thanks everyone for enjoying our, our, I know it's kind of a chill show this week, but sadistic Nero to chalks, purple Ray Q, bunker King, Ollie one, uh, turn rid. Thank you for the five months. Zach Jamkin, uh, Derek, thank you for the six. And bits, there's a bit war going on right now between Fish Molson and Caroline for the bit leader position, I believe, is what I'm seeing in the chat right now. Looks like we got our next caller, 101 Demontations. Is that how I'm pronouncing it right? Yeah, you got it, man. Okay. You have an accent. Where are you calling from? 
I'm calling from uh, Glendale, Arizona. I didn't. I don't think I had you have an accent. accent. Man. Okay, maybe I could Travis identify a Glendale, Arizona accent from anywhere. You guys have okay. just this, the cool. funniest way. Anyway, what do you what do you want to talk, what do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Um, I want to talk about G two winning MSI and how I think it's really important for EU and it's just like. Uh, it was my highlight of the year, at least. I thought it was really cool that they did that. Hey, sorry, we're out of time, unfortunately. We're going to have to move on to the next caller. Is there anything you want to say here as we move on? Uh, yeah, twitter.com slash Demonte. Make sure you follow it. Oh, great. Uh, what... <laughs> Demonte, why is it... You're from NA. Why is it your favorite that EU won? Yes, no. Um, I mean, Team Liquid did make it to finals, which is pretty cool in itself. And um, I was reading for TL, but it's just cool to see Western teams kind of like catching up to the... what to, uh, to the east in general well it definitely cemented the narrative that kind of started at the end of last year right of the the you know west and the gap closing and all that stuff now obviously after na's unfortunate performance at worlds it feels like that that meme is kind of done but it it's you're right in that after seeing fanatic make finals last year and then seeing g2 make msi finals and win i feel like that really did change the narrative in a way that you know halfway through last year we wouldn't have been able to to really consider yeah i think even just like for worlds the fact that they came in as a favorite is so different from anything before outside of like season two or three maybe because outside of that i don't think any team had come in as an actual favorite um, west, west. yeah um so that was really cool as well as the fact that they made it to the finals again and they lost but it was like I actually thought that they were going to win, whereas when Fnatic made it last year, I was like, well, yes, they beat them in group stage, but I don't think that they actually have a chance. Um, and so like that, I don't know, it just feels completely different when you're watching. It did make it more disappointing of a final, I guess, than the Fnatic one. Yeah. But at the same time, like... I mean, it was also just in general. I mean, both of them were... They were both very disappointing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That said, I, I completely agree with the caller that, like, the importance of that win following up off last year, that it wasn't just a complete flash in the pan and all that stuff was really, really important. I um, actually think that that's one of the narratives over the course of this decade, right? Was sort of this, there's a video on my YouTube channel of a bunch of the NA pros on an, on an old episode of State League talking about how Korea will never catch up. <laughs> and so we kind of have this arc now of, and obviously, you know, China won this year, so it's not crazy, but you know, the West winning, thinking they would dominate then for what, five, six years, you know, Asia, especially yeah. Korea just took over. And now we're kind of ending the decade with the West again, presenting itself to be a pretty big contender, at least Europe uh, and China kind of closing out the Korea reign. Uh, you know, I commented that somewhere that it was going to be potentially or at least two years before we see Korea win something. So, because it, you know, MSI is the earliest that they can win something. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that is really weird. And it's cool that it all happened within the same decade. So you have, like, the start of league. Korea is not included. <laughs> EU versus NA is the real rivalry. And then they come in and take over China. Everyone kind of knew. At some, I think everyone kind of knew at some point China would, would kind of become the best just with how popular it is in China. Um, but at the very least, like, you know, Europe came with them and it wasn't just 
oh, it's Korea's turn, then it's China's turn. The fact that, you know, Europe has inserted themselves into that conversation is really cool. And the fact that it all rounds out this decade as well. Yeah. I mean, the fact that MSI this year was a West first West finals, it'd be hard to picture that, you know, four years ago. So it's kind of crazy. Kind of yeah. crazy. Well, anything else that you, any other takes that you want to add to that uh, demontations or any other expansions on that thought? Uh. I don't know if this is important, but I just like to bring up that basically every single major region except for NA has won MSI now. So I'm rooting for them next year and hoping that they uh they kind of close it out for 2020. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't even really thought about that. That's cool though. So that would be an interesting narrative to talk about maybe next year. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that wraps it up for my call. Yeah, thank you so much. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, yeah, one more time, twitter.com slash Demonte. Uh, shout out to Thorin. He said he doesn't have enough Twitter followers. You have 1,000 people in chat. That should be 1,000 more followers. Thorin said Demonte doesn't have enough Twitter followers? Yeah, he said his brand's too small, but uh, his show got canceled, so I don't know how much <laughs> well, his opinion matters. Well, he canceled his own show, uh, so I don't... Yeah, you know. Hey, that still counts. That means Hotline Ling's on top again. So. Yeah, well, thank you so much for the call. Uh <laughs> have a good one yeah thank you guys you too. i like that idea that like you got canceled by yourself yeah, yeah, you know exactly. like i don't know if it's more impressive or less canceled. impressive it, i think it's well i just think the phrasing of it's hilarious you didn't quit you got canceled yeah but i quit i quit my job no you got fired by yourself yeah exactly <laughs> uh all right with some other ridiculous love that for anything we have a by the way we have space for a couple more callers this show if anybody else wants to call in and uh reminisce if you want to put your take in the subtopics channel or the pleb topics channel feel free to do that mark is going off right now to grab our next caller fish emulsion fish fish emulsion has been throwing a ton of bits of the channel. Thank you for that. As well as, uh, yeah, shout out Mama's Cupcakes. Very nice of them to throw some subs this way. Ethics is here. Ethics, where are you calling from? What's up? I'm from uh, New York. Pretty late right now, so can't talk too loudly. But All right. Well, I turned you up to 200%. If you can get the microphone a little closer to your mouth. All right. What's up? Is that good? I hope so. Well, yeah. Twitch chat will be complaining if it's not, but I, we've done everything I can. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, all right. So, uh, you know, obviously end of the decade, big decade for league esports, uh, arguably the biggest esports. So I just wanted to know what you guys think. Uh, who would be on the Mount Rushmore? If you had to pick a Mount Rushmore, so like the four most important players of the decade. Double lift. From, I guess, all right, well... Uh, let's Sides double lift, I guess. From I guess NA and EU, we'll say, keep it to that. Are these separate Mount Rushmores you want, or same? Well, I don't know. What do you guys? What do you guys think? Let's just I mean, do, let's just do one on to make it what? Make it easy. Travis, we have a half hour to do this last call. It'll be hard to fit on. No, we, we're going to grab more calls. All right, you you do that. Look, the you sub the subtopics and the pleb topics. Everybody's in there putting all their takes in. I even a there's been two right takes the entirety of tonight in subtopics. Regardless, um, you go ahead Sub, and pull who's, subs who's, who looks interesting. To you. you go ahead and pull whoever looks interesting. Right, I will break this into two. 
I think we should do separate ones for NA and EU. I just don't. I feel like I'm going to offend a bunch of EU viewers by not listing the right people. How hard is it? You just put in fucking Expeke for the past, Reckless for the entirety of EU's Perks. lifetime, basically. Perks and then probably Caps. Well, hold on. If we're talking a whole decade, what about the old, like, uh, like Alex Itch or something? Yeah, like that? I would put Alex Itch in over time. Caps. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say that over Caps, too. He was caps? way too important. And the guy would, who made say, sorry, sorry, back-to-back sorry. world finals from Europe? You're going to put Alex Isha over him? Yeah, I think he he doesn't even get edged so out by has... Alex Isha. I think he gets edged out by Perks. I actually think Perks has just become such a crazy story with his role swapping stuff. and I don't know. I, I... How close do you guys think uh, Diamond Prox is? Not even close. It's okay. a, Yeah, because I feel like for a decade, you needed to achieve something like... Early league esports to me is is like, yeah, he won in an era. I mean, so to be fair as well, they did put up some good matches against a lot of the early Korean teams, uh, Moscow Five, but it wasn't like super dominant for multiple years, like a true dynasty like SKT was, right? It was like some of season two towards like the last. Travis, Travis, sorry, you cut out, Mark. What was that? I cut out. Mark, please continue. Okay. I was just saying that Moscow 5 had like a year and a half of dominance, arguably, uh, depending on how much you want to count season 3 dominance. That's all I was... I don't think it was quite the same level as some of the other most dominant teams. I think Soaz is is probably this... this... Alex East and Soaz I can see as being legitimate snubs from mine. But I, I think what they've achieved in the modern era from like people like caps and perks deserve a little bit more credit than some of the more like foundational achievements. Well, Froggen, Froggen's a snub, in my opinion. I don't know. Would they win? I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it depends on how much importance you Mark, put on if like you, early, early league. If you shit on Froggen, That's what I was saying, yeah. I'm going to quit the show and we're going to cancel it. This will be the last episode. I, I, they did a, when it was mostly North America and Europe. People like Alex Ish and Froggen were the best in the world. But when other regions started cropping up, they put up a good fight, but they didn't. They didn't win that many things, right? Whereas people like Caps and Perks have won things in the modern era. Yeah, I tend to think of LEC as, as being coming in two waves. I mean, we kind of talked about this on the last call, right? But yeah. I feel like there was early. And then LAC kind of hung out for a while. And obviously there were players during that time. I don't want to dismiss them or anything, but it does feel like this past two years has been the like renaissance of. Yeah. Yeah. LAC. yeah. There's like the early, and then there's like the bridge years, right? When reckless. So as Sven, like, yeah, the, like OG, the highlight there was like Fnatic. origin. Yeah. The, the 2015 Aranea. year was like kind of the bridge year between the, the eras. Cause Expeke was still playing then. Right. And I think Expeke needs to be on there for sure. Yeah. Uh, but but then like, I think Expecte had better achievements than Froggen or 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 Alex East. Well, and he built he built Origin of- as well, which obviously ended yeah. in not a great way, but is back now. And I think no, I think he definitely he definitely deserved yeah. it. So I don't know. I, I think it's tough, but we're also not the European experts. So so North maybe, America. And maybe I'm giving too much. Maybe I'm giving too much to, to modern. I think you know someone could make that claim that I care too much about the modern era. North America. Double lift, North America. Bjergsen. Double lift. Bjergsen. Reggie. Dyrus. 
I mean, like... I'm trying yeah. to decide if I want to keep Reggie. I'm, Reggie's like question mark in my mind right now, but I'm... It depends how much work... Because you, you mentioned If you give him credit for TSM... We're, but are we are we limiting this to play? I feel like we should limit it to well, play. We, I because... don't think so. I don't I don't think so. So then we add Reggie. Okay, so if we're down to include sort of like more seen accomplishments too, then definitely Reggie. And then Demonte, uh, number four, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it has to be Sneaky or High, one of the founding C9 members. Mm. Sneaky's accomplished the most internationally. I'd probably say Sneaky. Yeah. 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 Sneaky, especially because his Mount Rushmore would definitely. People would be like, oh, there was a girl that competed in Cloud9 LCS. Yeah, you get to have some more diversity on the Mount yeah, Rushmore. It's, it's a Siver. Uh, Siver Sneaky. Yeah. Uh, I think High is close, but I think it, it just like. He didn't have the quite the longevity of Sneaky, and Sneaky had some of the later things like C9 getting out of groups three years in a row and stuff like that. Whereas High was arguably more important during the early years. But I take Sneaky. Yeah, I think that's right. So I think it's Double F Bjergsen, Reggie, Sneaky. Is there anyone we're forgetting? I know people are gonna say like Hotshot, Zuna. Zuna. Uh, Medios is a close one. Meteos versus High is close to of those. Meteos is still kicking around. Adrian. Smithy. Smithy's close. What about uh, Yut Win? I know he's been in chat all night. But no way. Oh, Scar, Scar is actually, I think, a really good one. I, w no. I, would, I would put Scar in the running with X Smithy. No way. I would put. Wait. It's not even close. Are we, are we only giving credit to international success and team ownership? What are you just saying from a brand perspective? Smithy's not enough of a brand to compete with Scara, who has offline TV. And are we starting to include offline TV in the no, NALCS no, no. Mount Rush? <laughs> His TFT play has been impeccable, and I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh. I think Smithy has had the regional success and probably enough international, but just like hasn't been impactful enough in the scene quite like those other guys have been, you know? What about, think about it for a second, Impact? No. No. His greatest success was in Korea. Yeah. But he's been in NA for so long. You know, there's a lot of people that have been in NA for so long. I've been in NA all my life. You don't see me up there. You're not as good as Impact, just saying. Oh, we all have our strengths. Uh, yeah, I'm not seeing chat having too many better suggestions. Afro's a close one. He's had a lot of success, but. <laughs> but toy. Uh, Kobe. If he was here. No. Would be a good option. No. What about Korea, Travis? This one, I, I can't do. What? How can you not do it? Faker. Yeah, I mean, yes. All four Faker. Right. Faker. And then we've got three more to go. And there's just so many gods over there over the time. Same. Insect. I mean, you put him up there, maybe. Uh, yeah, there's yeah. a lot from Korea. Yeah, it's hard. Fuck Captain Jack, you go all the way back. Mad Life. No. Mad Life. Yeah. I'm not too hot on a lot of the old guard. The same reason I wasn't in Europe because there's a lot of them in in Korea. Deft. That's a good one. Deft. Yeah, I like Deft because he's been good for a really long time. But he went to to China for like was it two or three years? Yeah, I don't know about Deft. 
So what impact then? Well, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't include death, maybe, because yeah. he was he was gone for a while. I feel like Mad Life makes sense, just because it's so important. Score has also been great for a long time. There's been like the weird thing about Korea is other than Faker, the the top talent in each position cycles out pretty quickly. Smeb. Like, yeah, because like Smeb was the best, then Khan was the best, then Keen, and then you know, is it Naguri now? I don't know. You, you just kind of go through the cycle for top laners where each one has had like a year or two where they've been the best. AD Carry, I think Prey Prey deserves it. He's been there forever and has been good the entire time. He had his first cycle of goodness uh, in like the two season two and three, and then he had a second cycle of goodness with Rocks, which is really hard to do. I think Prey would be on it. Mod is tough because he kind of did the deaf thing and came back and hasn't been as great. Bangy's had a ton of success. I like the I idea like of putting Coma up there. Coma? We're putting coaches? What is this? What are we, Europe giving Daler the yeah, MVP of the week? Yeah. <laughs> well, either way, I think we can wrap up the call. Yeah. Ethics, is there anything you want to say before we move on? Uh, no, one? I mean, I've been... I've watched leagues, esports for a while, and you've been doing this for a very long time, Travis. So uh, you're doing a good job. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. Have a good thank one. Thank you for the content. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one. You want to go did grab you our... pull another caller? I did pull a caller. They're in the waiting room. Okay, nice. All right. Mark is grabbing our next caller. Poro and Mars, thank you for the 16 months. Deadly Penguin. Welcome to the show. Where are you calling hey. from? I'm calling from Bangalore, India, actually. Where? Oh, nice. Bangalore, India. Whoa. What time is it there? It's 11 a.m. Nice. Well, welcome to the show. Have you been on before? No. Okay. I just have recognized your long time, Long time listener. But... What, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about that. Actually, I think this year has been like one of the best years of LOL to watch comparatively. So uh, like, how come? Um, I think the meta has been great. Mm, uh, the tank meta is like pretty boring to watch. I think the storylines have been one of the best. Like uh, the rise of Europe, the uh, Korea trying to take back the throne. TL winning or getting to finals at MSI. Yeah, TL winning to finals. Has the gap closed or not? All the questions. You no, know, I actually saw somebody in the chat was uh, mentioning just the meta this year. And Mark, I actually want to ask you about this because uh, Deadly Penguin mentions the storylines in the meta. We, we have talked about some of the storylines and I, I don't mind talking about them a little bit more, but I do... I do wonder what you think of the meta because I've heard a lot of people praising that it feels like Riot's really refined at least from a spectator perspective, the games, the games are not, you know, we don't have a lot of these like hour long games right. without any kills that Kelby used to complain about all the time, even just a year ago. Yeah. I, I overall think they they've done really, really well with it. I think the biggest thing, the kind of slow trimming of vision in the game has been really important to just make it so that there's not these guaranteed hundred percent safe plays that you force with insane vision control. Um, and then, you know, like Deli Peng was saying, Kind of forcing the tanks out. I think tanks can be fun. I don't. I'm not super opposed to tanks, and I think that they um, can be fun to watch when people have really nice engages and play tanks really well in team fights. 
Uh, but it's definitely, I admit, not as cool as like a Kali versus Aurelia in the top lane. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> I understand that. But I think overall the meta has been been really, really good to watch. I'm glad you clarified as like a to watch thing. I've heard people, everyone complains every season about solo queue. I'm not sure how much worse it gets, but I, I think it's been great to watch. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. I mean, it just feels like, I, I just appreciate that it feels like the average game time has gone down a ton. Because I feel like short games can be really entertaining uh, and so can long games. But I feel like it's so much worse when you're stuck in a bad game and it's super long than whenever you can just like, you know, bad game happens, you get out of it, it's a stomp and you move on. And Mark missed most of that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, t I totally agree. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Mark, I'm surprised you would have such a radical take on uh, on the future of esports. What did I agree to? Agreement. No, uh, no, I was just talking about how I appreciate the game times. It, it feels like the game times have gotten way shorter, right? From a spectator esports perspective. I don't know what they're like actually in the game, but it feels like they've gotten like the average game time in LCS at least has dropped a ton, right? It's dropped some. I think the bigger thing is there's not the outliers anymore. Yes. It's like, you know, it was not uncommon to have, um, on average, you know, like a 32, 34 minute game time in previous uh, seasons, but you would still have like the 80 minute stinkers. Yeah. And sometimes they got really bad. Like some of the seasons, you know, you had like, felt like 40 minute average. Well, game that, that was my point too was that, you know, you can have really entertaining games that are long and you can have really entertaining games that are short. But the short, but the bad games just feel so bad when you're stuck in like a 70 minute game where like neither team can close it out. And I realize every now and then that still happens, but it definitely feels like it's happening way less. Yeah, I think that's that's the biggest thing is there's not those which were like I was coaching a team in one of those like for a period of time, complexity versus curse was one of the longest games ever, and it was just like ugh. There's there's a bit of a beauty in just the slog fest. People are so bad that you're everyone's kind of laughing, but no one actually really wants those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the storylines one though is some something I'm bittersweet on. I feel like North America got the Game of Thrones ending, you know, and everyone else got decent ones. I don't know if Korean fans would agree, but you know, like they were good. They got three teams out of groups in the first spot before they they kind of choked in SKT lost in semis. But that's sports. Have a taste of like you know moderate success instead of being just the best forever. Else LPL continues winning. EU almost won. They made it finals. They're looking really good. And then NA is just like whoop whoop at world. So I feel like we got Game of Thrones. Yeah, I. I don't know. I being an NA fan is hard. We've talked about it on a million episodes, but I do, I do agree that there were just a lot of really great storylines throughout this year, and it it does feel like league esports. Uh, you know, I'll I'll give you. Here's one thing. I think it was last year when Fortnite was blowing up, and everyone was starting to say league was going to die, and this year, 2019, I feel like. It's a really great year for League Esports. I mean, Overwatch League, which... Oh, because Overwatch League also launched last year. And everyone was freaking out about it. And what it what I think this year has taught us is League is still on top, baby. All right? Like, Fortnite, they're doing their thing, but they're doing a wildly different thing. And I think it's declined a little bit. And Ninja's now on Mixer. Nobody watches him. And... Uh, Ninja killed... <laughs> Ninja killed Fortnite. And... Overwatch League 
you know, they're forcing an expansion next year that is probably not going to be great as they move to doing all this home and away system. And I don't know, I feel like people have gotten kind of tired of that. Call of Duty League is happening. And I, again, that, like, they can't even get 100 Thieves to be a part of that. And 100 Thieves is like the Call of Duty org, uh, you know, next to Optic. And so, and I guess Phase. So it's just, it's interesting to me to now look at 2019. I, I remember in 2018, I was seriously thinking like, oh, fuck. I I love League. I don't want to. How do I get into Fortnite? Yeah, I was like, I love League. I don't want to do other stuff. But like, am I, am I from a career perspective, going to end up in a bad place if League starts to, to bleed out, you know, and these other yes, games the become these huge yes. things. And, uh, well, even, I mean, you say that, but even now, like next year, you know, we're talking to Alienware about trying to do coverage of Riot's other games. So, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like 2019 has been a really good year for League of Legends fans after like a, a worrisome 2018. And for me, well, the, at least I feel really excited about it. Yeah, I think, you know, not everything ends. And so at some point, things are no, hard. Not until after I'm dead. League LCS will keep going. Everything's going to be everything great. Everything ends at some point. But I think show like getting through 2018 and having such a good 2019 is, is a very positive showing that like what will kill League is not something else, you know? It will be like the fans moving on slowly over time as they just get older and move on in life. More so than like, hot new game dropped. Hell. Yeah. You know? The same way like, wow, comes and goes in cycles. I feel like will happen with and stuff like that uh, with, with Riot. More so than like, the wow killer has arrived. Deadly Penguin? Uh, How big is, is League in India? Actually, I don't know this. It's not big at all, actually. I think like Dota and CS:GO are much more popular in India. All right, well, we're screwed. There you go. That that <laughs> after after we hyped up League, that's that's the answer we get. Uh, well, either way, thank you for calling in. Hopefully, uh, 2020 becomes the big year for League of Legends in India. Is there anything yeah. you want to uh, say as we move on to the next caller? No, not really. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Yeah. All right, Mark. You want to grab the next call? <laughs> yeah, let me go ahead and. No, I mean, I think I think we've pretty much closed out the the year with this episode. Um, we uh, are are we doing resolutions now or or next year? Do we have resolutions? I don't know. Do you have a resolution? Have you thought about it yet? I think, it is no, I, I don't. I don't believe in resolutions. I feel like they're just you you give them up in the second week, and it's really, it's really bad. But we should do that. Yeah, next that's year. why it's fun. We should hold each other to our resolutions. Well, here, we've got a couple of minutes here at the end of the episode. Uh, do you, what, what are areas that I'm disappointed in you in? Hold on. I have a document. Well, let's, let's each do one disappointment for LCS and maybe like league esports this year, North American league esports. And one thing that we were excited about. And this is, this is variety or league variety oh, or teamy or something like that. You know, just the ecosystem. Maybe, hopefully, not a player. We're disappointed in this player or something. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in. Uh, I would say let's start positive. I think like the League Ten thing made me really excited. More excited for like Riot related projects and stuff than I had been. And I was even aware of ninety percent of the things they announced yeah. already. But just like the package that it came with, how they showed it all off, and all that made me 
super, super excited. So I'd say that was definitely for me this year, the big positive. Um, and just seeing how much more potential there is for things to come. Even if, you know, I'm not directly a part of some of those because I you know, there's no way they're going to get me for the fighting game or anything like that. But I'm so excited that that's coming out. Well, here, I want to start mine with the, the negative so that we end on a positive. I think okay. for me, I've been really disappointed in... Uh, by the way, completely agree with you on the League 10 stuff. That's got me really excited. But I've been really disappointed in... Just like the LCS brand this year, I don't feel like did it, it really moved that far um, yeah. as an entity. Everything was kind of just more of the same. Like, I feel like the biggest thing that happened on the broadcast was Jet unretiring, which is not that exciting. He also retired this year, so he did both. He retired and unretired. Yeah, and that I feel like it's the, the most exciting thing that happened uh, throughout this year. So... For, for from an LCS perspective, obviously you know TL blah blah blah. I just mean like the LCS as a product. I think that that was really disappointing to me is that there just wasn't much movement or development or anything interesting happening there. Um, from other than the thing that I'm going to say is my positive, but yeah, I think hmm. that that was kind of the thing. Mark, what's your negative? Um, I think it might be. And this is maybe too much of a shot, but I'd say Reddit. And not just like the league community, but also like the mods and everything going on on the subreddit and stuff. I mean, obviously there's a lot of stuff too, just with Riot Games that people that came out this year that's like obviously pretty massive disappointment. Um, but that's probably not league esports related enough. So I would say the, the, uh, just like, how many things get taken down that feel cool? How much people bash on Reddit on Twitter? Like all of the lead content creators, myself included, bash on Reddit, which then has like a negative consequence. And then Reddit itself feels more negative. I feel like people say that every year. No, it's been, I just, I've toxic, been so disappointed. But... Like, obviously I was personally, whatever, the giant thread. Torn apart like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like Shocks wins that award and some of the, like, I, people say... You know, oh, it's uh, the internet. Are people going to leave shitty comments? The thing that sucks is whenever those comments are like upvoted a ton. Like, yeah, I'm not surprised that there's like weird sexist shit downvoted at the very bottom of the thread. But whenever you look at the top of the thread and, and like Shocks wins an award and people are like, oh, it's because she posts bikini pictures. I'm like, really? I'm like, I just, it, it's weird to me because that's like I, a live stream fail comment. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. It's It's just been weird. And then all that stuff that happened with the TCS this week where like, Teams that were losing in the TCS so were just getting hard flamed, and now like Demonte's getting shit on. And I, f I forget who it was. Somebody tweeted that you know players competing in the TCS are play are trying to fight for their Reddit careers or whatever. <laughs> I forget. Yeah, it was it was Cloud Nine player, I think. Yeah, yeah, Niski yeah. maybe or somebody, but yeah, I remember seeing it. Yeah. yeah, it was um that was a really it's just it's been really weird lately. Um, I actually was thinking about making a Reddit thread that was literally just like. For the holiday spirit, say something positive, you know, without putting, because that's the other thing is it feels like nobody can ever say anything without putting somebody else down. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, Mark's my favorite because crumb sucks. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah. and becomes, <laughs> let me list all the reasons crumb sucks, which is why Mark is my favorite. So it's just, been, yeah. And, and to be fair, like those things have always been there. I feel like that's how people just have always kind of talked about it, but just the overall sense of it has been worse i guess and i don't i don't know 
especially like at Worlds and like at MSI, like a lot of the casters, man, this is like, feels like you're navigating landmines when you're on broadcast sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's although, my negative. Yeah, as you mentioned, the world stuff where people were just super on edge because they were, I don't know, Shox and I did that whole interview. I guess, oh, so then the thing that I was positive about is, I know this is going to be really boring for a lot of the audience, but we talked frequently about, and it was a huge thing for me, the lack of sponsorship of the LCS. And eh, I think they're a little generous with their language around partners, but they did say that they did, they had they had 11 partners and 10 of them are 91% of them, whatever that means, is coming are coming back next year for, for LCS or already recommitted to next year. Um, and I think Riot tried with certain things like ProView, which ultimately I would say was kind of a, a miss so far at least. But I think they've done a really good job of trying this year. And uh, there's a guy over there named Matt Ar- Archibald? Archibald? I always forget how to say it, but he's a great guy. And he got hired at the very end of last year. And he's like this one dude. And I know he works with some other people, but from what I can tell, like the LCS partnerships, the sales team, I know they're expanding and have hired a couple people, but... Um, he, I think, did a really good job this year of bringing on board a bunch of partners. So I was really excited about even, that. It feels good. I'm, uh, the work is certainly not done yet, of course. Uh, I'm sure there's a ton more to do and figuring out which of those partners are actually paying, you know, what, what the league is worth. But I think that's been really excited. I've, I've been excited about that. I think you can lump LEC in as well, just as a whole, for both your, your negative and your positive, because they're, they're, I think one of the reasons you're saying, like, the NA LCS felt so samey was because just across the ocean, there was like this whole new thing. And even if you didn't like the kind of like gradients or some of the vertical, t- like, you know, whatever, you might have rubbed some people that they didn't like about the LAC. At least it was like dope and cool and new. Um, and also they got a bunch of partners. So like, I think LEC was a great, had a great year as well. Yeah. Yeah. With also the fact that Europe and G2 are dope. Well, uh, that's the probably the last episode. I can't imagine we're going to do one that Mark Mark says he's free the thirtieth, but I feel like everything's going to be quiet. We'll be I don't know someone something will happen. We won't be able to do it. So, either way, uh, thanks so much uh, to everyone for watching the show. Stick around if you're watching live stream. I'm going to show a very funny. Well, I'm going to set like a little. I'm going to do a bounty, and then we're going to show a really funny video, which is either worse or the worst or the or the. Best. Mac to Ace has now given another five subs. He did it earlier too. He's up to like 35 subs gifted. I think the vast majority of them are this episode. Thank you so much. What um, a beast. Mark, anything that you want to shout out? Uh, no. No, actually no. This time. I'm not doing the TFT thing this week. Flying out back home, going to visit Boston with Ashley. She was wearing a Santa hat earlier in the background. I was going to ask if she was doing that purposely. It's for the not show. a Santa hat. Just a hat. Oh, really? It looks like a Santa hat. No, it just had like a little thing on it. Like a um, like a cotton ball bob. Yeah. Like you'd have on a Santa hat. Yeah, but without the fact that it's felt or red or green. Well, it's good to see she's in the holiday spirit. Yeah, uh, but that's that's mostly it. We're just how gonna far go into just training are you, and how much are you going to play during the break? Uh, I don't know. I have connected the first three places the wind farm the get to act outpost three. act three get to act three okay that's training is, act... is the game of the decade it's not tim rogers one of your favorite people put darks don't spoil it you you told me that 
Yeah, I said I'm gonna put it in the chat Earlier so that you don't show. you don't see so people can go watch the Tim Rogers. Oh, video. that's right, you did do that. But you brought it up because I was talking about how great Dark Souls is. It was very transparent. I don't think that's not actually true at all. You, I said you very... could predict what it is, and you said Dark Souls. Listen, Twitch chat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go watch the Tim Rogers video anyway. It's great. Huge. I'm. I'm. I've been consuming like all of his content lately. It's incredible. Uh, all right. Well, my shoutouts are. Have you ever are... watched a Matthew Matosis video? You got to get on Matthew Matosis too. Thank you to everybody. Those are probably who's... two of the best content creators in gaming. Sub John G three sixty five and Sad and Dasher. Thank you everyone for the subs. Thanks to everyone for the gifted subs. Um, I uh, I've been. It's been great doing the show, and I, I thank everyone for the year that we've had here on Hotline League. We hit a hundred episodes this year. We did multiple live shows. You know what the best thing of the decade is? You watching at home right now. And on that emotional moment, we'll see you all in 2020.